When I drive with Uber, I'm the boss. I drive when I want and cash out when I want. I made $496 today. Nice. I can even switch between driving and delivering. Spice it up, baby. And I can scream, I'm the boss, out of the window really loudly. I'm the boss. Uber, earn like a boss. Sign up to earn today at uber.com slash boss. Earnings are estimates based on past driver earnings in Atlanta and are not guaranteed. For more information, see uber.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, Flight Paniacs. Welcome back to Fly Purpley. I am your host, Steve Jacot, here to talk to you about, I guess, the Flyers and stuff, but we're going to get into it. And before we do, I just wanted to talk about just the awful state of the world right now. I know we have mentioned through episodes over the past couple years how bad the world is, but we've got another just couple terrible situations I wanted to mention. I don't want to talk about it too much, but I think I'd be remiss to not mention the major events going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of Ukraine right now. You know, we're really fortunate to be able to do our silly show talking about hockey and Guy Fieri and John Taffer and a bunch of bullshit instead of hiding in a bunker from bombs. You know, like we're very fortunate people in that regard. And I am a lucky guy and just a terrible situation going on. And I just wanted to say that, you know, my heart goes out to Ukraine and everybody dealing with that invasion right now. And just, you know, my heart goes out to them and uh, hopefully this situation can be resolved without much further bloodshed, but it's not looking great in that regard. And then we've got the situation in Texas with the transgender children and, everything going on there and and there's still a pandemic so there's just so much awful stuff going on in this world and we're gonna talk about hockey and we're gonna talk about Guy Fieri and we're gonna talk about a bunch of silly stuff but I wanted to acknowledge this stuff was going on and I I think about this stuff and it's depressing and we're gonna try to talk about some lighthearted stuff okay and What a world it is, but I just wanted to briefly acknowledge this stuff. So stay safe out there. Be kind to each other. Stay strong. And I guess let's flip it up. Um, Yeah, sorry to cut you off there. Hey, everybody. Um, Yeah, I mean, a lot of bad shit going on. If you can help people that need it any way you can, whether it's, you know, any sort of support, do that. Um, You know, we're just, we'll do what we can here as we try and talk about nonsense for the next however many minutes. But yeah, I mean, 
you know, just look out for people. See if you know someone who needs help in this time, reach out to them. Um, yeah, you know, the world world's a rough place for a lot of people. Like, like Steve said, we're very fortunate to just be able to sit here and bullshit for a while. And, you know, but this, this is heavy on all our minds right now, guys. And, um, you know, we appreciate you for being here. Um, whether it's meant as a distraction or whatever, you know, whatever purpose we serve for you here. Uh, we're glad we can do that. And yeah, again, just look out for the people around you. Look out for the people who need help right now. We won't spend a whole lot more time on this because, you know, a lot of, as you guess, a lot of complex dynamics here, but we know shitty when we see shitty and this is all shitty. So that's a um, great way to put it. Yep. yep. We know shitty uh, when we see shitty. Yep. So um, our terrible hockey team, the Philadelphia Flyers, how about them? <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, I was putting together the outline today. And it's funny because we haven't done a traditional flight in a few weeks. I think it's been almost a month since we've done a traditional one because we did a couple green room episodes, which were a lot of fun. It was great hearing from listeners and and having that live call in show feel. And then I took a week off and then hell broke out. And it's it's been an interesting month, but it's good to get back to it. And it's not good to talk about our hockey team. And it's just there's they're just so tough to watch. And Kurt, we were talking just before the show about like, just some of these losses are, it's, I called it lazy writing on Twitter. Just these (laughs) late game losses, these games that they should be winning. It's just, Oh my God. Yeah. Um, the stat that Jim Jackson had, I believe it was on Tuesday night's game, which as of our recording here on Thursday is the last game they played, is that in 13 of the Flyers' last 21 games, they have lost by one goal if you remove like scores that occurred on empty nets. So like they are playing close games. They are just losing all of them, like basically all of them. And it's what happens when you have a team that goes from being like a team that is not talented enough and is just like a mess structurally and mentally to a team that's starting to get the structure and mental side of it back, but also is just not good enough. Like we know this and you're seeing it and it's why they keep losing a bunch of close games. Like, you know, they've hung with some good teams. They hung with Carolina. They hung with Pittsburgh. They hung with St. Louis. Um, They blew it against Washington, but they were leading that like, in you know, late in that game. They're making, they're making it interesting. They're just, you know, losing and honestly if you like in the long term from this perspective of long-term health this might be the best thing they could do is lose mildly entertaining close games such that they're gonna get a good draft pick but we don't utterly hate watching them every time we have to right i want at least some entertainment i mean i always feel for bill matz who has to go through these post games and go how does he do it how does he watch this team closely every night and then talk about it for hours it's like it's unbelievable bill, the guy by the, the end of work. this season and you know factoring in all the other ones he both like is and will need a professionally licensed therapist like you go if you go on his calls like he is basically some some of these people's therapists like it's it's wild what he does after like most flyers games you know i don't think he's doing all 82 but he does most of these games and he will go on there and people are so like despondent and angry and he's just he just you know he'll he'll, he'll lean into it but he'll you know he gives his thoughts he tell you how to think and yeah he it's he does an incredible job with that just because it's so hard to like come up with this much to talk about for this team after 
every loss that we keep watching. Like, fuck, they've lost six games in a row, and it's the third longest losing streak of the season so far. Which is such a sick joke, like, to think about the fact that they have multiple double-digit winless streaks this season is just unbelievable, and there's still so much hockey left. What is it now, like, 31 games? Um, NHL.com slash standings. I mean, we, we're going to talk about the play? trade deadline later, and the trade deadline is the still a month close away. to a month away, yeah. It's a month away. 51 games. There are 31 left. That's too many. It's That's too many. too many fucking Flyers games. Too many fucking Flyers games. And we've seen them lose in every way. We've seen them lose close ones they should have won, like the Penguins game last week or the Capitals game. Uh, we've seen them get blown out. We've really seen the full spectrum of suck this year. Yeah, it's... It's... Yeah, they, they've gone from giving us hope to frustration to anger, to apathy, and, like, the hope part's pretty much gone, but it feels like we've just gone in a loop around the other three a couple different times now, and we're back, you know, I feel like right now, I don't know if I'd say apathy, but we're, uh, maybe frustration, because, again, like, they're playing okay, they're just losing now, but, again, you know, long-term, it's fine, losing games right now is fine, teams, you know, teams not making the playoffs, give them some more ping-pong balls, I'm I'm okay with it. But, oh, yeah, I'm all yeah, aboard the tank train. Like, I'm the conductor of the tank train right now. Mm-hmm. We felt the whole range of emotions. Um, you just, the the biggest drawback, of course, being that we have to watch the life drain out of Claude Drew's eyes and his body every single night as he continues to forge it out with this team waiting for a trade. Well, and to jump into the trade stuff, I mean, we've got a little under a month until the trade deadline, and... Claude Giroux is, of course, I think the biggest trade topic in the entire NHL at this point. Yeah, uh, Dom Luschicken at The Athletic. I, I, I think I pronounced his name right the first time and then went back to do the funny pronunciation. Um, in his uh, like trade deadline primer, he basically said Claude Giroux is probably the best player available. And um, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, obviously, the no not move to be biased, but I think that has to be right. He's no, a phenomenal no move player. clause complicates things a bit. There, are, I mean, there are a few good players like Tomas Hurdle is, I think, the other one that gets mentioned there, and he's really good. Um, there are a couple defensemen that are like solid, but and yeah, he's probably the best player out there right now. And I mean, again, the the no move clause complicates things a bit, but he, um, but yeah, I mean, he should get a good return and. Um, I don't know how good it'll be like a rent, a 34 year old rental who is really, really good, but not like at this point in his career, not going to, you know, change single-handedly change a franchise or be the best player on your team. He'll they'll They should get a good return for him. It, it'll be interesting to see how much and I know Charlie took a look. I think it was this past weekend at possible returns. They're ranging from, um, you know, it, it could be like the Taylor Hall return, which is like a second and a mediocre player. And I'm trying to remember who was on the higher end of it, but like it, the Flyers should hopefully expect like a first round pick and a decent prospect. And that, you know, nothing is going to feel like it's enough for losing the guy who is will leave Philadelphia as a top five player in franchise history. Nothing will feel like enough, but it's going to happen. It's probably going to happen. 
I've accepted Unless, it. You know, I think everybody should yeah. put themselves in the mental state to accept it. It's going to happen. I'd be very shocked if it didn't happen. And I think it's the wrong move for this team to not move forward. I really have accepted yeah. mentally that Claude Giroux needs to move on for both this franchise and his own sake. Yeah, I mean, and so in in the name of, you know, playing counter argument here, um, Matt Conte at our site wrote a really good piece uh, earlier this week. It went up on Monday. Um, on broadstreethockey.com, Failing Flyers website, that uh, basically asked the question, what if Claude Drew doesn't want to be traded? And, you know, I, I don't know for sure that this, or, you know, you look at how he, you know, how his face looks during these games and you think, yeah, of course he wants to get traded. He, he, You look at what he's gone through for the last decade and you say, yeah, of course he wants to get the fuck out of here. He wants to win a cup. But, you know, it was, a, it was an interesting just like thought experiment in that he's lived in, philadelphia since he was what 20 years old his wife and his two he has his wife and two kids here like he clearly loves it here he he said last year like anytime you can spend your whole career with a team um that's really appealing um at the same time at this point there's enough talk about it that you have to think he's you know very much willing to entertain the idea so like would i be totally floored if he remained I wouldn't say totally floored because as um as we've sort of discussed here, the Flyers have basically said we expect to be good next year, and I still don't know how that happens without Claude Giroux, and we don't think he's going to get traded and then come back in the offseason. Just not really a thing that happens. But would I be completely floored if he stays? No, but he's probably gonna get traded. Like he I think he knows. You look at him, I think he knows. He's he's seen this team try to put a good team around him enough times and knows that it um knows it probably ain't gonna happen i just feel like it's time i feel like it's time in so many ways like i claudra is an all-time flyer he is a franchise player for sure i just feel like this team's been talking about getting a new identity for so long and it's pretty much as long as Claude Giroux has been captain. It's no offense to Claude Giroux, but he's really the last remnant at this point of those Flyers for a decade ago. And I think it's time to move on for both the franchise and for him. I really do. And I'm not happy about it. And I do want him to hold on for his thousandth NHL game, which is currently projected for the St. Patrick's Day game against the Nashville Predators. So that should be a drunken good time. And fight name and Oh, the fight in Amons. There you go. I actually paid the other night because I did a bet against the Flyers and against the Predators, and the Predators wow. beat the the Panthers, so my anti-Amon bet did not work out. <laughs> the fuck you, Amon Smith bet. <laughs> the fuck you, Amon Smith bet. Damn you for taking an internship with an NHL team. A good opportunity. <laughs> what a jerk. What a jerk. Amon Smith, noted jerk. I no, I think that's Joe Yurt. He's going to be so jerk. sad when he listens to this. He is. Hi, Eamon. But I, I look, I failed on that bet because I turned against Eamon and that was just the wrong move. But regardless, that is the consequences of my own actions. Yes, exactly. But th that's when it's projected to be Claude Giroux's thousandth NHL game, which is just before the trade deadline. So mm -hmm. a lot of stuff has to go right to really hit that milestone. And you could argue that it's a little risky to not trade him until that point. But at the same time, Chuck Fletcher is very much a cool. player's GM, and I'm sure the team really wants just from 
a PR standpoint and also just from a respecting Claude Giroux standpoint to, to celebrate him that night appropriately. And I, I, as a fan would very much like to see him Mm -hmm. get that thousandth game as a flyer. Yeah. And also, you know, the deadline spur action is the name of the, you know, that's the saying. And the closer you get to that, maybe the more likely some team will bump its pickup around or give you like that next year prospect that they didn't want you before. I'm fine waiting. If some team blows you away before then, yeah, you got to do it. But I'm generally speaking, fine waiting, even independent of the thousandth game stuff that just get adds an extra reason to do it. But generally speaking, yeah, I, I think I think he'll probably get dealt very close to the deadline. Yeah, like, I think probably so. probably the day off, probably the day of. Yeah, well, that's you, when these you, deals you want to get you want to get. Yeah, and it's tough. You know, the no movement clause complicates things. Um, if he says like, Hey, I only want to go to team X, it's going to be harder. Um, but if he's willing to take a deal to any one of a few teams, then maybe, you know, then maybe you can bid him up against one another. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's, it's going to be an interesting deadline. It's going to be an interesting month or so until then the rumor mill is really going to be going, but there are a couple gets traded. Do you think he's going to tweet out? The R.I.P. Bozo guy like Joel Embiid did directed towards the Flyers. Oh, my God. He will not, but it would be amazing. <laughs> and geez, the fact that Joel got a picture with that guy. It's so incredible. Everything about the story, him tweeting the picture and then the next day saying, I saw a pic- I saw the picture on the Internet and thought he was well dressed. What, what a shithead. So Just crazy. amazing media I shade. I love him like, so much. Nobody plays the media shade game like Joel and B. JoJo is just a a master of his craft. With them at the fucking All Star game, the guy showed up there. Amazing. I thought, and just like I love him so much. I love him so much. He is just such a great Philly athlete. I don't care what your feelings on basketball are. You have to love Joel Embiid because the Mm -hmm. guy. He shows up when the fans boo him. He plays better. He does everything well. He's one of the toughest guys in the city, and he talks shit better than any athlete I think I've ever seen in Philadelphia. Truly, truly one of a kind in, in terms of the all-around package of personality, talent, you know, unique, you know, unique ability. He's he is remarkable, and he's good at Twitter, which is maybe why he's so appealing to all of us. Yeah, he just talks shit like nobody's business. I thought he was well dressed. Is so good. It's so I saw good. the picture and I thought he was well dressed. <laughs> <laughs> and like the best part is, like you know, he's full of shit. He knows oh, he's of full course. of shit, and we all you just agree the video that this where is just he funny. The question about it, and he like can barely keep together. He's like, yeah, you know, I thought he was well. <laughs> I thought he was well dressed. <laughs> like it's it's so good. It's so damn good, oh, man. I love that. That team is the total antithesis of the Flyers right now, where they just made a trade that, you know, isn't popular nationally, but in this market is very popular. We're all excited for James Harden to start up. The beard is going to be there. And, you know, our beard played three games and was did did well in those. And then he just fell off the face of the planet. But James Harden. Hopefully, does not play just three games. I'm going to knock on wood. That that was great beard discourse on the flight. Fuck, I forgot. Sack, uh, the sack, flunch, flunch bunch. bunch, sack, flunch, bunch. Great yes. beard discussion on that show. I... Thank you. Thank you. That was a good mm. time. I enjoyed taking the calls. I enjoyed 
taking the beard discussion. That was uh that was probably the highlight is the beard discussion. <laughs> but like Oh then <laughs> it's just crazy that the Sixers are gonna be beating the Flyers in beards. The Sixers are they have one of the best trash talkers and then they got rid of like the least Philly athlete of all time in Ben Simmons. I, I yeah, it's don't need to rehash it. Don't need to rehash it until they end up playing Brooklyn in the playoffs. But yeah, you know what it, it I'm it's watching the Celtics Nets game on the side right trade. now. Just a great trade. And Ben Simmons is wearing a, I think a black turtleneck and has this just ridiculous owl necklace on. Yeah, uh, you, you tweeted yeah, you tweeted that. I just saw that. That's I don't know why he's wearing that. I don't know either. <laughs> I you got to love it. You got to love it. Ever whatever works for you, buddy. Hey, Another Philly-New York rivalry, I have no problem with that. Only in Brooklyn, the only place. You, well, New York, the only place you can get your bagels and your pizza, of course. It's true, as the we only know. place. The only place. I do mm-hmm. like that, uh, tangentially you know, related to that, is Danny Green, who is uh, one of the six or six backup starters. Uh, he was tweeting, so he has a podcast where he was just openly talking about locker room dynamics with Ben Simmons yeah. and everything. I Pretty can't even fathom a hockey guy doing this. No, it's, um, yeah, hockey players don't really talk about things. No, no. And Danny Green's just openly talking about, like, uh, Seth Curry and Drummond, maybe not liking Ben Simmons that much and everything. So great, great content for all the blogs out there. And our dear friend, friend of the show, Mike Missanelli, loves the Flyers, loves Flyers fans, was talking some smack about this and everything, and... You know, there's some back and forth with another guy and blah, blah, blah. And then Danny Green came in and retweeted a Mikey Miss tweet and said, uh, like, I'll, I got to pull it up. It was something like, I didn't see you in the locker room or something like that. Just waiting for my Mike Misson- It's always up. impressive Mike Missinelli is able to read anything on Twitter.com because he or because he's able to do this while he is cleaning up the ton of coffee that he spilled on himself that one time. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, okay, Mikey Miss was replying to Harrison Sanford and said, dude, I don't even know who you are, but your buddy Danny, like most people in that locker room, enabled Ben's flaws, and now he gonna be outspoken? Okay. And then Danny Green retweeted that and said, that's funny, I've never seen you in our locker room before. That's a pretty good dunk from Danny Green right there, and I, I know Doc... Was... Andy Green's won a lot. He's been on teams that won. He knows he's he's seen this stuff. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And then Doc was throwing some shade at him. I think he had, oh no, no no he was throwing shade at Howard Eskin, another friend of the show. Naturally. And I actually got this confused in my notes here because I mentioned the coffee cup Howard's. incident, which was one of the top replies to that Danny Green tweet was the picture of Mike Missinelli spilling Starbucks coffee down his down just into his an lap. incredible moment. If you haven't found this, just search. Let me. I don't know what. Probably search on Twitter. Mikey if you search Miss on Twitter coffee, for Missinelli Coffee, it's gonna come. Or up just Google easy. it. You'll find it. Um, the dude is puts the coffee cup to his lips, misses, and the coffee is probably pouring for a solid two to three seconds before he notices that it's not going in his mouth. Oh <laughs> yeah, looks, it's a. And then he looks down. He's like, "Oh, seconds. fuck!" on my shirt. Like half the cup probably spills out in the time it takes him to realize that. There's and then there's a there's a gif of it just looping continuously, which is very satisfying. It's pretty <laughs> aesthetically pleasing. 
It's very aesthetically pleasing. But so we've taken our detour to Danny Greenland. We talked about the Sixers a bunch. Let's loop back around to the Flyers. Okay. We got to talk about the Flyers a little bit more. And just a little. Claude Giroux is likely going. I think we've all accepted this. He's the best trade target the Flyers really have. But there's some other guys that I think are kind of no brainers. And one of the guys that seems to have been picking up steam lately is Justin Braun. Yeah, um, I haven't seen has if there's been if there have been new rumors on Braun. I on <laughs> cards on the table here have not seen them, but logically maybe it I'm makes just sense. like making that up. Maybe it's just in my mind because I, I mean, think he's Justin a Braun 30, should be traded like any day. He's now. like a 34, 35 year old defenseman on an expiring contract that um, and he's a right handed, defensively reliable defenseman. Like dudes like that get you stuff for, in trades, as we know, because the Flyers gave up a two and a three. To get Justin Braun, like they would absolutely get stuff for Justin Braun if they um if they tried to sell him. Like I don't think it would. I don't think it'd be like an incredible return, but you could get something solid for him. And you know, you, it it makes some sense unless you're really terrified of calling up a pl- prospect, which would be a bad sign. If I could get yeah, that too, you, you got to back. Deal. I'd you be static. Yeah, I would. I would not have any issue with. Or not only would not have an issue, I'd have more of an issue if they didn't, honestly. Well, I think there's certain guys that you have to trade. We discussed this a few weeks ago, and I think this is even more apparent now. I feel like half the defense has to be traded. Yeah, bronze that we'll get to Risto in a second. Yandel, if you can get literally anything for him, do it. I would um, take the bag of bucks you got for Eric Gustafson. Provorov and Sandheim are complicated. I would not, you know, deal them sight unseen in the right um you know with the right return anyone's obtainable and as they were talking about on yesterday's bsh radio provorov might make more sense because he's the guy you look that like other teams may have a higher opinion of than you do um whereas sandheim i think you know i i doubt teams are looking at him and saying like oh there's i i doubt teams are overrating him to the degree that you'd expect or that you know you could expect to get get something good in a trade but yeah, uh, Risto's the tricky one, as we know, because the the consensus out there, and apologies for not crediting any one report here, is that seems to be that the Flyers want to bring Risto back, which we knew they would. It basically, Fletcher basically said we'd like to bring him back. He basically said that at the time they traded for him, and back in January they in, they insinuated they wanted to bring him back. But it take you know, and it sounds like they've offered him a decent amount of money already and obviously you know if that was enough you'd think the deal would have happened by now but a lot goes into that Risto himself as it's been pointed out Risto himself has never been to the playoffs and like he's he's if he stays with the Flyers this year he's not going to go to the playoffs and he has to be convinced that this team can turn it around quickly and like he has no loyalty to this group he has no inherent reason to believe that this team is going to quickly turn it around next year. So he very well might say like, yeah, guys, unless you're paying me like some truly obscene amount of money, I ain't staying here. And right. Like Claude Giroux has been here a decade. Claude Giroux has had this franchise stand by him when he grabbed a cop's butt. Like Risto has been here for a couple months. Yeah. Like maybe Chuck Fletcher will give him that truly obscene amount of money. Cause as we know, Fletcher's liked him for a long time, but like, you kind of hope that Risto is going to save the Flyers from themselves here, especially because, as we know, you can get stuff for that dude. Yeah, like let's get all the stuff. Like, this is a two-year tank plan as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, 
and as we've somewhat glibly said, if you want to tank, you could do a lot. As we've seen, you could do a lot worse than giving Rasmus first line and top pair minutes. But I don't want to tank for that long. Yeah, uh, trade him, please. Not much else to say there. Again, you you can surely recoup a first. You can almost surely. I shouldn't say surely. Who knows? But it seems very likely you'd be able to recoup a first round pick if you deal him. Maybe more. Who knows? And uh, yeah, you know he's a big right-handed shot defenseman who can qu- play quote-unquote playoff hockey. Who knows? Like you can get stuff for him. Oh sure, you can absolutely get stuff for him. He's going to be a hot commodity. Maybe not with every GM because certainly some of the more stat-heavy GMs are going to realize that this is not the guy that I want. And <sighs> what a frustrating player. And. You're right. I, I hadn't actually thought about it. He has never played in the playoffs. I had not considered that. He's never this been on a team that was above 500. Not just like as many wins as losses. Hockey 500. He has never been on a team that finished a season above 500. Oh, wow. And if he stays with the Flyers, he sure is fucking going to this year. <laughs> I mean, he might in a couple of years, but this is a team that just is not that good right now. And they ain't getting any better, and they really should sell everything for what they they can. And this is the tough question, because we have, what, a month and a half to two months of hockey left? Almost two whole, or more than two months. It's the last week of April is the week the regular season ends. Oh, that's rough. But, like, what is there to root for? At this point, because so, it really that I think is the toughest part for most Flyers fans. Why would I even tune in? I'm sure this is tough for Flyers marketing right now, right? Like the, I, that's got to be a nightmare job right now. Just trying to think of how do I market this team that had very high expectations and has what 15 wins? Yeah, yeah, that's right. 15 wins and 51 games. That's bad. That that's is. I, bad. I, I looked it up. I did the math. That's bad. And, like, the stuff to root for, like, Jerry Mayhew's a great story, but, like, what's Jerry Mayhew? Winner Gerald. He's, I think that's right. I believe he is 29 years old. Gerald of Phila is 29 years old. He is not exactly a spring chicken there. It's fun to root for, but this is not a cornerstone moving forward. Absolutely not. And then, like, Isaac Ratcliffe has been a pretty good story this year, and he's a guy who's been struggling to even get to this point so to see him have any impact at the nhl level is kind of a minor miracle and it's nice to see but i also i don't know like i i'm glad that his size is translating better to the nhl but i'm very concerned by his lack of success at the minor league levels and i really wonder where his ceiling is at because this was always one of hextall's riskier picks uh, a guy that he really, he was a bit of a reach when he went out for him. And a, a lot of like raw size and capabilities, you know, like he had a, I, I thought, I guess Hextall thought he had a very high ceiling. I don't I know don't, where the ceiling if, is right now. I don't know I if I remember no him being a reach. I do remember he traded up to, he gave up a couple extra picks to get Ratcliffe. I think like where they got him was around where he was on most boards, but they gave up, I think, two extra picks to trade up early in the second and get him. And like, you know, a guy like that large man who has it, who has in the past scored a lot of goals, um, dudes like that are going to get a lot of chances. They just are like, it's, you know, the stature that make, that gives GM's pants feelings as, as they say on the flagship show. And it's cool. Like, it's cool that he's, he's very much looked to the part since he came up to the NHL. He's scored, he's helped out, you know, he's contributed offensively. 
he's actually his play driving numbers are actually excellent to the point where they're not sustainable so far, but he's he looks good. He looks like a player who knows what he's doing. Obviously, eight games is far too early to say, yes, we should ignore the fact that he did not look like a very good player through two however many AHL seasons it was. But it's enough that you, you know, you have no reason not to give him significantly more time at the NHL level this year and see if, you know, these eight games can turn into, you know, 30 good games. And then you give him a real and if they do, you give him a realistic chance to make the team next year and like. That would be cool. We haven't, there have been so few true obvious success stories with this team in, you know, in prospects and development in the last however many years. If you can get one here, or if it even looks like you might, you take it and run. Right. Take it and run. And I'll take it anywhere I can get it right now. And one of the frustrating things I think with this team is that you're not seeing as much of the young guys you really want to. Part of that is the way they've played when they've been up here, or maybe lack of opportunities due to some of the vets getting healthy and such, but ultimately I want to see Isaac Ratcliffe, I want to see Cam York, and I want to see Morgan Frost. I want to see these guys that you had the expectations for actually playing at the NHL level, and I totally understand why some of these guys aren't right now, but at the same time, it is frustrating. I want to see them in there. I want to see what they can do, and if they suck, guess what? I want to see them ditch them. Yeah, uh, and you know, you don't want these guys to get the life beaten out of them in a setting where they keep losing, but you like to think that the last half season, you know, like the last 30 games of a season at most, like they know what they're getting into and that's not going to, you know, irrevocably alter things for them in a way that they're going to regret. Yeah, I mean, what's the harm? There were some good insights. Again, they talked about this on the main show and... um it was in Charlie's article with Flyers AGM Brent Flair that went up on The Athletic earlier today. They talked about Cam York, and I'll paraphrase here. They actually, The reason he hadn't been called up yet was that they thought that he essentially may have been playing a little too safe when he came to the NHL, and that's not what they want Cam York to do. So, you know, credit to them for understanding that and saying, like, you know, let the guy, or, you know, they say we want to let players make mistakes, but if they're not willing to do that, then like we got to make sure they have the confidence to be willing to do that and that things won't go sideways as soon as they get to the NHL and inevitably make a mistake. Yeah, it, it seems likely he will be up again before too long, um, especially once one or more defensemen get traded. But um, yeah, you oh, want to sure. see him get their chances. And, you know, he looked he's looked the part of an NHL defenseman. Now we just got to find out how good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just, I think that's one of the things from the, the fan perspective that's, you know, it sucks in the short term, and you struggle with tuning into this team when you see Nick Sealer in there instead of a Cam York, because you want to talk about a guy with a very low ceiling that is not really going anywhere, and this is not the dunk on Nick Sealer, who is fine for what he is, but Cam York and Nick Sealer are on very different planes. Yeah, and then you've got Igor, who is... um. I don't know. I mean, you know, they're they're still, I think, waiting for him to, you know, they're still clearly still waiting for some things on from him. Um, he hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't really got a chance up here yet. Um, you hope that he will before the end of the year. They're they're clearly still looking for some things from him down in the minors, it appears. But you, you know, and and it gets into the age old question: Do you give a guy a chance just for the sake of it, or do you not do it until you feel pretty good about where he is? 
Well, that's been the question we have been dealing with for at least six or seven years of Flyers hockey at this point. Yep, yep. Ron, you know, it was a question you knew where Ron Hextall stood at it, whereas the, you know, Fletcher seems to be a little more um, flexible on it depending on the guy, the skill set, the, the situation. But well, that yeah. was one of Fletcher's first big splashes as GM was calling up Carter Hart and having Carter Hart play here because that was one of the big things that Ron Hextall was criticized for. I mean, the the team went through goaltenders like I don't even know what a good comparison is like a sleeve of a, a sleeve of there's literally no comparison for what the Flyers did that season because no NHL team has ever done it. <laughs> Send presidents. I love it. My God. <laughs> but like, what what else is there to really look forward to for the rest of the season? I mean, one of the minor storylines that I've enjoyed in recent weeks is I feel like Oscar Lindblom has been having a little bit of a bounce back. And I like seeing that he's been scoring some goals. I, I feel like he's been getting better minutes and I like seeing that. He's definitely playing better. Like, I mean, he's, he's, I think been decent since, um, at least like since the like Christmas break, I know he, he, I think he's had a pretty good run of play there scoring in a decent clip. He's got a few goals up on the board. Um, he's probably not quite where he was pre-cancer diagnosis, but he definitely looks like an NHL player. Whereas there were parts like there were in the early part of the season, people were like, I don't know if he's ever going to get back to that. And it seems like he is the ceiling may not be as high, but he, um, but, yeah, he's, you know, doing the things that made him a good player, you know, finding the you know tough areas of the net of the ice. Um, yeah, he can if he can play like that's obviously, you know, an unequivocally good thing. Yeah, it's it's tough to think of much else, especially because everyone who you want to root for and like who you could feasibly see be or so many of the guys you could feasibly see being a part of the next good Flyers team are hurt. You know, obviously, Kateri is not coming back. Faraby uh, will be back Saturday, but he has missed a bit of time. Ellis probably ain't coming back um Hayes is out though it's they sound optimistic about him coming back at some point this year oh, keep him out I I saw that earlier yeah. about Hayes maybe coming back soon and like no keep Hayes and keep Ellis out for the rest of the season so fix like, whatever is wrong with these guys so they can come back strong with yeah I guess it depends on the guy and the injury too like if they if they think that getting back in game action will help which like when it comes to core injuries like the one Hayes had and like the one has and like the ones Giroux and Gostas Bear and Simmons had, like it may take them time to get back from that. And they may, you may just want to get them, you know, get them on the ice. But it also just sucks that the Flyers don't deserve the benefit of the doubt with this stuff when it comes to injuries because, and I can't think of a better example here than um, Derek Broussard now three times in a row returning from injury, playing precisely one game and then missing it multiple weeks again. <sighs> How has this happened three consecutive times? Like his, <laughs> I, I started talking about this and I forgot that we talked about this the last time uh, I, I came on the show because his game log, uh, he played on eleven twenty three, played three minutes and then left the game with an injury. He came back two weeks later on 12, 8, 21, played a game. He then missed four weeks and came back on 1-6-2022. He then missed five weeks and came back on 2-9-2022. So this, that was, the f I think, the first game back from the um, post-All-Star break. And he's not played since. How does this keep happening? 
market. And it happened to Ryan Ellis, too. Ryan Ellis came back, played the one game, and it seems like it, things got worse for him. I don't remember if Hayes had an identical situation, but, it, you know, obviously Hayes he and came Ellis back from came injury back and then got hurt the same again. Dallas Stars road game. My God. How does, like... <sighs> Which was the back-to-back with the Carolina Hurricanes road game. Because I think it was a Friday night yeah, yeah, and a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, play that first Which I, I thought was such an game. insane schedule thing where it's like, yeah, let's do two back-to-back away games, one on the Southern East Coast and the other one Southern Central. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. So, all roundabout way of saying, like, we don't, like, they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to injury stuff like this, which makes, you know, hoping that any of these guys will come back a tricky, complicated exercise. But, yeah, it's it's hard because, you know, you, you want to root for those guys, too. Like, I want to see if Ryan Ellis can be a good player for this team, but seems unlikely that's going to happen. You want to see Kevin Hayes get back on the ice and join himself. Probably not going to happen. We've talked about Claude. Uh, you want to see him, but you also hate seeing him this sad. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like there's so little to act. And that's, that's what part of what makes this all so tough. Like there are so few guys that you look at on this team right now and feel confident that they will be a part of the next good flyers team. Like probably Carter Hart. You know, he's what, a T3, and he, you know, should be around for a while. Maybe Joe Farabee, because he's 21 and is already a good NHL player. Yeah, I um, would think Farabee. But I, I how many guys, and, and obviously, he's also, he's a not cornerstone for me moving forward. Not a cornerstone, but a key piece. But how many guys that are here, are, it's everything combined just sucks to think about. Because again, how many guys that are here do you think, like, will be on the next good Flyers team. How many guys in the prospect ranks that are not with the NHL team right now do you feel confident will be on the next good Flyers team? It's, um, the I forgot about Wade is... Allison. When we were talking about guys who played one game and then got in hurt again, I forgot about Wade Allison. Oh my God. This fucking season. Oh my God. The season is just, um, it's a nightmare. But as far as guys that I feel confident on, like if you had asked me even like a month and a half ago or two months ago, I would have said Ivan Provorov, no doubt about it. And now I have serious doubts about Ivan Provorov being part of the next good Flyers team. Yeah, I mean, I, like like we talked about, he he may have surplus trade value, so you deal him. I feel like maybe he's just we overreact to his lately. bad stretches because not... when he has bad stretches, he looks bad, and he has been bad lately. No he's doubt been real that. bad lately. Yeah. Um, it's tough yeah. to watch because... I remember when Provorov first came up, we were, this was a revelation to us. This is like, oh my God, the Flyers drafted a number one defenseman. Holy shit. And a Russian wow. defenseman, which I don't want to tie that into anything else, but the Flyers history nope. with drafting Russian players, they just didn't do it. No. And then they went and got the fucking germ who also stinks. The Good fact. Yeah. It's hard being us. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what makes it hard. Like, you know, Travis Konechny a year or two ago, you'd have thought he'd for sure be, you know, here a long time. I wrote, I wrote about him last weekend on the site. And I still, I think Travis Konechny is better than a lot of the fan base gives him credit for right now. TK's a that, fascinating one to me. He is currently yeah. third on the team in points. He's got 31 points. He leads the team in assists. He's got 23 assists. He's actually got one more assist than Claude Giroux. And, I, I don't even know what to make of him. 
So I, I actually think Travis Konechny's not that complicated. Um, I, I'd encourage anyone to read the piece if you haven't. I'm, I'm biased in the matter. But I, I think read. it basically comes down to Travis Konechny is a good player who should never be the best player on the ice for his team in a given time. Like, when he when when he's next to Drew and Couturier and they're clicking, they are terrifying. Whenever he's the best player on a line, it doesn't go well. That's and, good point. like, he, he has consistently produced points even at five on five where it's, you know, harder to score. Like the, you look at the guys who've produced more than him and more and more consistently than him over the last five years, it ain't a long list. And yet, you know, you look at the two seasons where he's been at his best, which were the second half of the 2017, 18 season where we, where he was with, where they moved him with Giroux and Couturier and they took off for half a season and then, Fucking Dave Haxtell took him off of that line, but right before the playoffs started, I, 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 and then 2019, 20, where he was awesome start to finish other, like those were his two best seasons. And those were also the flyers two best seasons. So you could reasonably argue cause and effect in either direction here. Like the flyers were good because Travis Knickney was good or Travis Knickney was good because the flyers around him were good. But you look at, you know, you look at who he was with those years. 2017-18 was Claude Giroux's true resurgence. 2019-20, the Flyers actually had a defense top to bottom that was good and could get him the puck. And I also noticed that in general, he was taking more dangerous shots as measured by expected goals, average expected goals per shot. He was taking more dangerous shots in those first three years, not including his rookie year, the three years after that, more so than he was in this and last season. Which And it almost makes me wonder, like, does he look at the situation here, especially when he doesn't have a Giroux or a Couturier to lean on, or when he's supposed to be the dude on a line? Does he look at the situation and think, like, fuck, I got to do this myself? And he starts firing away and isn't quite, like, the dangerous guy that we know he can be. It's a theory, but it's one that I, I'm, I'm, think, I'm wondering if there's something to it. And it's... Nonetheless, a roundabout way of saying, I think TK is a good player, and that's not to say he isn't without flaws, and it's not to say he should be untouchable. Like, if you think you can deal him for another good player, obviously, depending on who that is, you listen. But if you're convinced that you're going to be good next year, which the Flyers front office seems to think they are, whether they should or not, it's a separate but ultimately irrelevant position here. If you think you're going to be a good team next year, you don't want to lose that guy without bringing back something better, because... He has shown he flourishes when in a good setting, and he does not when he is not. Like, he isn't keeping you afloat, but if you're already afloat, he's going to make you go faster. Huh. Yeah, that's something that I, I don't think I ever quite thought of it that way, but it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, he's yeah, he's good, and, like, I get why we, we saw the high watermark with him, and we wanted that to be what he truly is, and it just might not be. And we have to, and if we can accept that, then everything else becomes a little easier. I laugh but, because accepting things is, I think, what Flyers fans do the worst. <laughs> oh, dear. We're just very bad at accepting things. We're, we've yeah. been bad at accepting that Ivan Provorov isn't a number one defenseman. Uh, yeah. just, it's so, never, so here was, here it's was either the question like I... you have trouble accepting it or that guy's dead to me. He was always a bum. He's a piece of shit. I hated him. I hope he dies. Here's the question that we were talking about before we, we jumped on here. And, and, and 
Um, I think in terms of what we've got left to root for this season, there's not much. But piggybacking off of the Flyers think they're going to be good next year. Whether they're right or wrong, ultimately might be irrelevant because it seems clear they think they can do it. Other than John Hockey, who do you think the Flyers would go after this offseason in their efforts to be good? That isn't currently like an NHLer that they could go out and get that would make sense for that like fits for them that they have the pe- whether the pieces or the salary cap room to get that would make some sense for them. Other than John Hockey and let's say other than Claude Giroux, assuming he is not going to resign here. That's an interesting one because I haven't mm. quite checked out the free agents too much for next season. Mm-hmm. I've checked it now, out I'm a looking little at bit. it right now. It's not an incredible list. I mean, no. you feel like the ad I mean, oh, I mean, they need help up front and on, on the back end. Who are we kidding? Oh, God. Um, Malkin. Malkin and Kessel. <laughs> I looked this up. I, I think the one thing I noticed that was like half the Penguins from the last like six years. Were yeah, Malkin and Latang both signed those contracts at the same time. I remember. I mean, I, part I, of me really loved just like a good fuck you contract right there. Like just to dunk on Penguins fans. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I, it would be stupid. The Yager but, year was so fun. Let's do that again. <laughs> oh my god, just total heel turn. Sign Malkin, sign Latang. Just um, <laughs> It's a nightmare. There were rumors, I feel like I remember rumors and I don't think they were very heavily sourced that uh that the Flames may be out on Matthew Kachuk this summer. Um obviously that would take a haul to get and I don't know if the Flyers have the pieces for it, but if you could, but if you can find a way to make that work, I'd be interested. That would be a very, very popular move for Flyers fans because mm-hmm. that is the kind of guy. He's got something for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, He's absolutely. just a really like, fucking good hockey player. You know, when we talked about flyerish non-flyers, that's a guy who comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, he, yeah. He just, know, just a thought He's got exercise. that attitude. He can score goals. Like, he does it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of time to think about what the Flyers should do this offseason. I don't know, though, because... I feel like they need to address so many areas and I also want to see them get some high end young talent to come up. It's there's just a lot of places they need to address. And, you know, coming into this season, the difficulty was we thought they had addressed at least a few of those areas and maybe they could have figured out what kind of team they were and, made appropriate trades to to fill it in and then maybe compete a little bit and it's just been a dumpster fire yep and you know that's everything you just described is why you know i think a lot of fans may not be thrilled that they're going to um that they've decided no we can do this we just need you know another good off season and we need guys to stay healthy yeah they got a got a big headwind they're working against and um I don't envy Chuck Fletcher's job, but if, you know, if he'd done a better job of it the last two off seasons, wouldn't be in this situation. Oh, well. Got to do a better job. Got to, got to put my players in position to make plays. Just sign Claude Giroux. He's going to be an interesting free agent. Tomas Hurdle, Evgeny Malkin, Johnny Gaudreau, Patrice Bergeron. They can sign all these guys because there is no yeah, salary Yeah, I don't see cap. why not. I don't see why not. Salary if Comcast... Big. Would just there's one thing I learned goddamn money on this team. Okay. Stop being cheap and spend some goddamn money above the salary cap, which you can totally do Comcast. Then the flyers would win, but Comcast is just too cheap. So I'll hang up and listen, Angelo. There's one thing I learned from the Paul Holmgren years. It's that the salary cap isn't real. 
And there's no way that that mentality helped get us into the situation we're in right now. No, no, that's that's not how this works. No, back then the Flyers wanted to win. And the fact that back then there wasn't a salary cap is just a fucking coincidence, okay? Anyway. Sigh. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm looking over some of the UFAs right now. I, I just think there's too much to really address right now and i kind of would love to just see them take another year to tank uh the only one of the interesting names out there is philip forsberg who i've seen conflicting reports on if he's actually available right now or not he's good he is a good hockey player i don't know yeah i mean he i'd I don't like know to see them go young no matter the what they do get- i want to see them go young and not really sign any older free agents or, or guys on the wrong side of 30, because I really think this team needs to get younger, faster, and more skilled. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why Philip Forsberg would come here unless you offered him a dump truck full of money, which um, the Flyers don't have. They just don't have that available. Thanks, Comcast. I don't know. Yeah. They, they they could spend more than the cap if they wanted. They just don't want to win enough. They just don't want to win. They don't give a shit. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I- I'm sad now. Should we talk about Guy Fieri? Let's talk about Guy Fieri, Guy Fieri, <laughs> however the hell you want to say it. This dude has been everywhere lately. And as you may be aware, as longtime listeners of Flyperbly, if you're newer listeners, welcome. What are you doing here? But <laughs> how did you end up here? How did you? How did I you get may, here? You may have made a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but Guy Fieri is a guy we've talked about a bunch. And it's funny because I'm not even like 
necessarily the biggest Guy Fieri fan, but I decided to rank something on a donkey sauce to flavor town scale one day, and here we are. <laughs> but like, guys, more places than ever before. All of a sudden, like he was all over the Super Bowl. He was in that commercial. He showed up at the Super Bowl wearing the same thing he was wearing in the commercial, as Brian Grubb pointed out on Twitter. What a legend. He took Brian a picture Grubb with Martha Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Just, just you know, my, t- Twitter's mom and dad. Twitter's mom and dad. It's true. It's true. It's a good thing. But And he was at the NBA All-Star Game schmoozing it up. It's, I mean, the guy, literally the guy. Man is truly living the dream. Gets paid. Gets paid to just eat a bunch of food, um, and you know, a good dude by all accounts. It seems like you know raised a ton of money for out of work restaurant workers during the pandemic. Um, he you know just walks around with frosted tips and eats food and <laughs> and like those those '90s sunglasses, like the ones that are like really tight on your face. And just barely go up around the eyes, like the, you know the ones I'm talking about, like yeah. the nineties. Oh, yeah. He wears them backwards on his head when he's not wearing them, like actively on his eyes. Like it's all stuff. He wears flame shirts. Like it's all stuff that should be super douchey, but it works for some reason. I don't know how, but I don't know how either. And I guess it's because he's a good guy who genuinely loves what he does. Like you can tell that. He loves food. He just fucking loves food. Who among us? See, he's, and he's I, relatable. He's living I, my dream. I life. love like, food. I, I would be just love. like him. <laughs> I would love his job. I, I if somebody wanted to pay me to just travel around and eat greasy food and go, it's good. And like, how do you make this jalapenos? Like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what more could you want? It's amazing. So this all kind of culminated, guys. Big week, all or a couple weeks here. It really culminated, for me at least, when Kevin Christman, who is a longtime BSH, Flyers faithful friend, and uh, we'll call him a friend of the show, why not? Uh, Kevin, great guy, uh, sent a TikTok video over that (laughs) this guy forced a bot to watch over 1,000 hours of drivers, why did I say drivers, diners, drive-ins, and dives. I actually wrote this as drivers, drive-ins, and divers, which is a whole other show. <laughs> so this guy forced a bot Steph to watch over 1,000 Steph drivers, drive-ins, and divers. There we go. So this guy forced a bot to watch over 1,000 hours of diners, drive-ins, and dives, and asked it to write a script. And this script is hilarious. I retweeted this TikTok the other day, so check it out if you have not seen it before. Some of my highlights, when the bot wrote, Guy has three pairs of sunglasses on. I think the line was something like, the sun cannot defeat him, or something like that. And then I really enjoyed, I will live as food. I am food. (laughs) And my personal favorite, I am Pie Fieri. It is my birthday. Pie Fieri. That is, mwah, as a chef's kiss of a bot sentence right there. The chef starts boiling a pot of milk. He's scared. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Flavor Town is near. 
<laughs> you know, it's not even that off from an episode of the show. No, if you if you squint hard enough, you can probably... a customer sits down and eats a cup of mustard. Guy sits down without asking. It doesn't sound that far off. It's not that far fetched. There's a lot of talk about how artificial intelligence and machine learning shit like that is going to be the end of the world. You know what? It's probably right. But every so often, you get good ass content like this. The clams just keep getting uglier. (laughs) Just do it for the tent, baby. All here for that sweet tangy tent. Almost as tangy as the donkey sauce you can find at your local Guy Fieri restaurant. Guy's barbecue sauce. You know, I tried it, and it was pretty okay. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> I'm Guy Fieri. I know how it's on in the background. I'm Guy Fieri, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that's man, right, man. I know that's right. And, you know, the Super Bowl was pretty good this year. And Solid Super Bowl. It's no 41 to 33, Bowl. but solid Super Bowl. Yeah. It, well, and we're about to get to that, which is fantastic. Fantastic, let me tell you. Uh, I, I'm not one of those guys who necessarily watches it for the commercials. Like I will enjoy uh, if there is a high quality one, but I'm I kind of am disgusted by the idea of watching anything for commercials because don't we get enough commercials, folks? Am I right? Yeah, too many products and services out there. Too many products and services that that doesn't stop us, however, from providing quality customer service on a consistent our advertisers basis. They're great, unless they're bad. Unless they're bad. But, like, I don't know. Like, at least the guy stuff was very entertaining throughout it. Indeed. But as you mentioned, Kurt, while it was a quality Super Bowl, it was certainly no 41 to 33, where you might recall, you might recall that Brandon Graham made Tom Brady fumble, and the Eagles recovered, and Tom Brady also dropped a pass, and Nick Foles caught one for a touchdown, and the Eagles won 41-33, to and the Patriots lost the Super Bowl, and the Eagles won it. And then Tom Brady sat sad on the field and did not shake Nick Foles' hand. He was bereft on the turf. Just bereft. As, and, as, that, as the one of the Australian uh, play-by-play crew said. Is that what he said? I've never heard that before. Oh, you haven't seen that? Ah. Oh. Just it look. It, there was, I think, a supercut of all of like you know met all the different broadcasts like around the not all of them probably, but many different broadcasts around the world like TV and radio broadcasts of um of like different moments in the Super Bowl. And one was the fumble, and the Australian broadcasters, as he was sitting there, said Tom Brady bereft on the teth. Um, <laughs> Imagine a better Australian accent than that, and it, that's what it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, Steph is going to fire you for that Australian accent. Yeah, yeah, I, I always forget she's Australian. Um, but yeah, uh, let me bereft see. on the turf. That's fantastic. I love that. I can't believe I'm, I ever I'm heard go- that before. I'm gonna I'm gonna send this to you. Um, I don't know if you can. I'm so excited for that. But you know what I wanted to mention about that Super Bowl is that. We may finally, finally be rid of the football scourge known as Tom Brady. I'm sure he will return in some new form that will be very annoying. I've already heard word about him in some sort of Paramount film about like a buddy comedy or some shit. It's already out there that he's like, I might not actually retire, which like, God, man, shut the fuck up. I've seen it. You're rich. Just go do something like go, go hawk a fucking nft for all i care Jesus like which, 
I love I loved the theories. I don't know. I don't think they ended up actually being what happened, though. Who knows? I loved the theories that like so it was reported like two or three days by by Adam Schefter, two or three days before Brady officially announced his retirement that he was retiring, and like it got denied. And I love the theories going around that like he wanted to release like a commemorative NFT with his retirement, and he's mad that that got spoiled. And like it, that seems like something he'd do. Um, that yeah, is I, maybe I the single douchiest thing I've ever heard. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like NFTs are abysmally douchey. They are just the worst thing in the play. I hate nfts so goddamn much so to have a commemorative nft for your retirement from football well that's well, just so, to be so clear, obnoxious like, now, well no so I, I you you are not wrong but to be clear like i don't that's not what actually happened there was like i love there were just people on twitter making jokes like oh well, the reason he's denying it is because he wanted to be able to unveil his nft with his retirement kurt it sounds seems, so right that i can't seems, help but believe right? it that's the fucking problem it seems like exactly like something he would do <laughs> it like yeah yeah because he's like he is the douche lord he, he he didn't eat a tomato for 40 years right <laughs> he is just the king of douches he's king douche I will not miss him. I hope he never comes back. I would love if he just disappeared into the sun. Yeah, go go be rich. Go do whatever you want to do. I just don't want to hear about it. I'm Please sure I will. Please do not star There's... in a film for Paramount. Ugh, yeah. He, he'll he'll show up in Paramount's Halo show that oh got commercials. And, was that the one that had commercials in the Super Bowl? No, that was some. No, there was a Halo one, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, no, he'll, he'll show up there. there was a real headline I saw from the Hollywood Reporter the other day that said Tom Brady, the star in road trip comedy at Paramount. Oh, dear God. Tom Brady may have that. retired from football, but that doesn't mean he's leaving it behind. In his first post-retirement move, Brady is making a blitz into Hollywood with a football-themed road trip movie titled 80 for Brady. He'll produce the film and star in it alongside Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, and Sally Field. Steve, did we just drop into like a an impromptu? Please tell me we just dropped into an impromptu Christmas movie challenge. Ooh. And that's not real. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers to produce. <laughs> Star in road no. trip comedy with Joe We're not Rogan. going there this week. Pat McAfee. <laughs> Unless we want to talk about his, his Aaron. It's not on the outline. Unless you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers eating nothing but butter for three days until he... We need to talk about this. Until he shat and vomited. What were the exact steps of... I don't, I don't remember. I was at work on Tuesday. I, I read... This to fully was digest posted this. in the Slack. Much I'm like Aaron Rodgers who it. digested butter until he shat and threw it up in the same time. It, it, it's... It, this guy... He went from... He went from being one of the just so be- like most innocuous, so betrayed like, by Aaron mildly douchey athletes. Dumbass turn. I feel so betrayed by it because like we're talking about Tom Brady. Like I was like, no, Aaron Rodgers, maybe the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. I like him more than I like Tom Brady. And then this year he has to go and be himself and do this anti-vax shit and eat 
butter until he throws up. I just love that he's got a regular spot on the Pat McAfee show every week. And Pat McAfee's like, come on, keep getting me those ratings. Come on. Every week, Roger seems to come on and make it worse and worse and worse for himself. Yeah. Yeah. So I I found the steps of the cleanse. Okay. Okay. Step one, three days of ghee therapy. Consume ghee until you evacuate at both ends. So that's a clarified butter, right? Yeah, yeah. Two, one day therapeutic vomiting. Oh my god. Three, one day laxative therapy. <laughs> Four, three days of herb drops in nose. Five, many days of enemas. Six, yoga and meditation throughout. <laughs> what, just, it's stunning. Stunning that... I can't imagine admitting this to, like, my family and friends that I would do something like this, let alone going on, like, a nationally broadcast or a podcast that's accessible by everybody and just saying, yes, I ate butter until I evacuated both ends. <laughs> evacuated <laughs> Evacuated at both ends. Like, that, the hair... <laughs> Was inexcusable because oh his long God. hair is just horrible. It's just really bad. But then to just admit to evacuating at both ends and eating butter and all that shit. I, uh, Roger's really one of the great heel turns. Yeah. It it would be highly entertaining if it didn't have significant adverse real life effects. But what are you going to do? What are you going to um, do? Yeah. I can't judge as someone whose hair has grown out significantly during the pandemic. I can't judge yours looks that much. Lovely, Kurt. Though Let I don't think it you. will look. Hey, thanks. I um, think yours looks fantastic. I, I hey, think. Thanks, Steve. You um, got those locks, my man. You got those curly yeah. locks. It's great. Yeah. Rogers is just like this stringy mess. It, he looks yeah, like a hobo. It's not the right. It's not a good length on him. It's not a. And but like, he's not I don't, taking I care. I feel like of he it. said why he, he grew it out, but I don't remember what it why. I don't remember. <laughs> What it why I can't speak anymore. Um, he got a condition, my man. Yeah, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. He didn't condition yeah. properly, and it looks like shit. And that's and that's why he. What I don't remember. Did he turn it over? That's why he only scored ten points in a divisional round game after a bye at home, and thus had to have a twelve day cleanse, of which three days were spent eating ghee until he evacuated out of both ends. Unbelievable. I can't, I can't get there without laughing. <laughs> it's going to be a weird football offseason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, when Tom um, Brady ends up as Eagles quarterback and I take back all of these comments on him. I'll take back. I'll take back nothing. Oh, I'll, no, I'll I'll, I'll, nothing. I will. I can recognize that he is the most accomplished athlete in maybe North American organized sports history. While still being like, yeah, this guy's a this guy's a total square. Um, Wait a minute. Wait, I just thought about this. Can you? He couldn't handle it here. Okay, he couldn't handle our. Oh, uh, we'd, ro- we'd roast media. him too much. We'd roast him too much. Can you? Hey, imagine? buddy, good to have you here. Remember when you blew it? Can you imagine his first interaction with Howard Eskin in the Eagles locker room? <laughs> I want to see it. Oh man, Tom, let me. <laughs> like Howard comes up in his fur coat, sticking a mic in his face. And then Brady just goes, I'm retiring. I'm done. <laughs> this was all a mistake. Goodbye. <laughs> this was a big mistake. <laughs> just lock him in a room with Mikey Miss and Angelo Cataldi. Coffee on you. 
fucking Howard Eskin, and he'll retire in five minutes. He's like, oh, you're the guy who has the bad tweet. You're the guy who has the tweets with all the typos. Like, I I don't listen to the WIP morning show ever, but it was on in my shuttle to work today. And I just heard Howard talking about, like, social media stuff. Not Howard, Angelo, talking about social media stuff. I'm like, oh, that's, that's no. He's talking about scrubbing your social media. And I think he's talking about Russell Wilson in particular. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is no good. Yeah, Russell Wilson has some weird stuff out there too, but compared to some of this other, or he was the one who had who was talking about how his nano bubbles water can heal concussions, right? Was that him? <laughs> was that? I didn't hear that. Hang on. I, I mean, like granted, that. you know, compared to the other high-profile quarterbacks the Eagles could possibly be in on this offseason, that's you know obviously much less serious than say Deshaun Watson. But you know, um, I hope if I've done one thing through this other sports discussion on the podcast today is reveal that as weird as we think hockey is sometimes it maybe isn't the weirdest of the four major sports all sport most sports are pretty weird and i mean you know they're all disappointing in their own ways you know baseball of course isn't happening because everyone's terrible um football's definitely got a lot of weirdos it seems like especially football quarterbacks are huge weirdos yeah okay so russell wilson claimed he healed a concussion with the miracle water that he invests I see. that's a real headline um he, he believed he said i banged my head during the packers game in the playoffs the next day i was fine said wilson it was the water and he tweeted out i believe recovery water helped prevent me from getting a concussion based on a bad hit that sounds fake sounds fake russ it doesn't sound real, no. Are you getting <sighs> any of that recovery water? <laughs> Some water. Rush, you got any recovery water? <laughs> Something the recovery water. Oh, I think we gotta oh, wrap it up. I think we gotta wrap it up. They just need them to. He can come here, then they can roast him on Abbott Elementary, which is, which in in my opinion, is is the new best Philadelphia sport. The new best Philadelphia TV show. No, no disrespect to, you know, the legends, but new new favorite Philadelphia TV show. I've been meaning to check that out, and ve- I will definitely. Very good. Now that I have the Kurt seal of approval, I will be checking it out. Highly entertaining. Excellent. On, it's on Tuesday nights, I think. So, you know, usually at the same time as the Flyers. So if you want an excuse <laughs> to not watch the Flyers. <laughs> I've seen it on Hulu as well. So if you. Yeah, yeah, Hulu, it comes out the next watch time. it on there. Yeah. So that's Hulu, what the where you can't doing. watch They're live streaming. sport. You can watch live sports that are three minutes behind real time. And also, you can't watch the Flyers on there because they're regionally blacked out. <sighs> it Unless all makes so much sense. It's an ESPN Plus slash Hulu game, and then you might be able to watch it. Might. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. We're going to figure this thing out one of these days, the sports broadcasting. Eventually. <laughs> well folks we've talked about quite a bit and it's time to go but thanks so much for listening if you have any feedback the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca you can reach kurt at kurt bsh kurt you got anything to plug for the people right now on broadstreethockey.com um not much immediately in the hopper like i said i wrote about travis konechny i thought i put a decent amount of thought into it um that was out there from this past weekend I'm working on something that will get posted when Claude Giroux gets traded, but um, that obviously could be a you know 
thinking through that a month in advance. So it's a bit longer, but obviously I that won't be out anytime soon. But still thinking through, you know, what, what we'll do another month. Oh my God. There are 31 games and two months left in the season. How, how are we going to do this? How are know. we going to do this? Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Still thinking through things. Still thinking through things. That's, that's the way to go. The Philadelphia right. Flyers, they really make you think. God, they are just, what they a make, season. Make you what think about all the mistakes you've made in your life. I'm I'm telling you, I am this close to just turning this into a four for four podcast. And just <laughs> general interest. That's just what it is from now on. I it's mean, a, basically, I mean, how much, how many, we've been on this, we've been on this for about 73 minutes. How many of those do you think we spent talking about the Flyers? More than I expected. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe like half. Half the show, more, that's pretty good for this outline. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, Larry David also hawking NFTs on the Super Bowl. At least his was funny. Yeah, mildly entertaining there. Yeah. but Like if yeah. you, actually, if you listen to commercial Larry, that's the proper advice. Ignore the NFTs. <laughs> Except for, of course, the Flyperbole NFTs, which... You know, give me $10,000 and I'll give you something. That's, I mean, that's basically how this all works. You'll get something. But no one can really tell you what, but you get something. No, 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 definitely not. It's on the blockchain, which means means it's extremely valuable. God, stupid, dumb bullshit world. God damn it. I'm like a freaking, I don't want to be You can reach Steve at Flyperbole on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Esteban or Flyperbole, but make it Flyperbole for hockey purposes. And uh, we'll see. I enjoyed doing the green room shows. I might bring a little lunchtime in every other week or something like that. That was a good time. And may, 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 have, may have some stuff going on in Flyp soon. So stay tuned. We've got some stuff in the works. So we'll see. But. I got to go. I'm getting loopy. I'm getting tired. Gots to get to sleep. But thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. Stay safe out there. Be kind to each other. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode came from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Last year, you may have made some smart decisions, and you may have made some not-so-smart decisions, like going all-in on that one crypto exchange. 
The good news is making smart financial decisions is easier than you think. Smart Wallet's Smart Money Podcast has the weekly know-how you need to get ahead. Sean and Sarah, the hosts of Smart Money, break down the latest financial news and give you honest, objective money advice. Subscribe to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple, Spotify, YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Go Astros.